0: Welcome to the Bravo Papers, a safe space for all us Bravo fans who love to analyze, deconstruct, and talk about our favorite Bravo shows ad nauseum. So join me, Bravo and Botox, and we'll catch up on all the Bravo news and read way too much into our favorite shows and Bravo celebrities. everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Bravo Papers, Bravo Weekly News. Thank you all for tuning in today. We definitely have a lot to talk about because Vanderpump Rules is making a lot of news, um, which is surprising because last night's episode, or this week's episode, I should say, was pretty boring. <laughs> so I was kind of like, why is the off show stuff better than the stuff on the show? Like it's it's crazy. Let's talk about why. Okay. So Vanderpump Rules, Sandoval in the New York Times. You might have heard about this because it was like literally everywhere on social media yesterday. But if for some reason you were not on social media, you missed it, I'm going to fill you in and give some of my thoughts. So Tom Sandoval did this like, you know, cover story with the New York Times where they, you know, followed him around and interviewed him and all that kind of stuff. And listen, I'm not going to make you suffer through the whole article and every detail of it, but I will give you the gist and, you know, some of the I don't know, highlights, I guess we'll call them. (laughs) If we can call them highlights. Usually highlights is like, makes me think of something positive. Um, Not in this case. So basically, some things we learned about him is when the reporter was covering him, they, they went to his house and said, okay, Sandoval has a publicist team who have a background in crisis PR, makes sense. And one member of the publicist team who was, you know, present during a lot of the interviews and observations was like 23 years old and said that they had been watching Vanderpump Rules since they were in high school. Well, yeah, obviously, if they're 23. And basically didn't flinch at the Danny Masterson comment. So if you, if you don't know what that is, basically Sandoval in the New York times article compares the media frenzy or storm surrounding Scandoval to what happened with Danny Masterson, who was one of the, um, who was the actor best known from that 70s show who was, you know, recently found guilty of rape and put in jail and basically Tom Sandoval was like saying that his story and his affair was bigger than that. So yeah. And you know, there was that. Then he also said, talked about some of the backlash after Sandoval, sorry, Scandoval and how some people, I guess somehow got his phone number and he would get calls from like random blocked numbers girls pretending that they were rachel men looking for rachel you know then he talks about some stuff that we know like the bar went downhill his own brother asked him to to delete photos of them off of his social so that he wouldn't get harassed so stuff like that so you know that stuff wasn't that shocking and again how much of those details are we gonna believe in terms of him getting calls and stuff? It definitely could have happened. But again, like I have to take everything Tom Sandoval says with a grain of salt because as Sheena said that day that she walked out of the courthouse, I mean, she said this about Rachel, but I'll say it about Tom Sandoval. He's a known liar, right? And, you know, fool me once, as they say, the old saying goes, and I'm not going to be fooled again. You know, the whole PR team thing, though, is very cringe. Like, just him having, like, such a young person on the team, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, the reporter kind of makes it out like there was sort of, like, a veiled implication that that person was maybe not the best fit for that role. (laughs) And that, you know, they maybe weren't, like, protecting Sandoval as much as they needed to, I guess. But again, a lot of that could be Sandoval's fault because, you know, he's kind of, like, hard to manage, maybe even closer to impossible to manage. So the biggest thing that came out of that was that Sandoval compared the media hoopla around his affair to the O.J. Simpson trial and George Floyd. Like, seriously? (laughs) Oh, God. Just when you think this guy cannot get worse, he does that. Like, really, you're going to compare it to those two things, especially the George Floyd thing. So this is what he said. But I witnessed the O.J. Simpson thing and George Floyd and all these big things, which is really weird to compare this to that. So so he admits he's comparing. Anyways, I think. But do you think in a weird way it's a little bit the same? Uh, No, Tom, no one thinks it's the same. I guess you do. But literally no one thinks it's the same. I can't even, I can't even get into why that is such a stupid statement. Actually, I can. So I understand that maybe he's trying to say he was at the center of a major news story which is what the reporter also says. The reporter says he was trying to express the oddity of becoming a symbolic center of a nationwide discussion and a major news story. What he communicated instead was something more honest, which is just how much the experience had made him lose perspective. Exactly. Just say it was odd to be at the center of a big media story because, listen, yes, it's a big news story, Was it anywhere near O.J. Simpson and George Floyd? Absolutely not. Like, come on. Does he actually think that Skandaval was on those levels? Those were things that changed society. Like, Okay, it's just, I can't. So that was posted, okay? And that quote has been floating all over social media. And some Bravo Labs have responded, including Katie, (laughs) who said... Katie's reaction was my favorite. It was so funny. She goes, hey, Tom Schwartz, you want to come explain what he was really trying to say? (laughs) I love that. I love that. I love that. Because you know, like, I can just see the meme of like Tom Schwartz from the reunion where he's just like holding his head in his hands, like, help me. You know, he's doing that. Candace Dillard from Real Housewives of Potomac had some tweets about it. And Um, she had a couple and she was like, seriously, like during black history month, you're going to say that, um, Gertie called him out and she had like a video and she basically, you know, I wrote a little bit of what she said, but she said, you know, these villains like him, right. Are getting a pedestal and a crown, you know, because they're getting like all this fame and attention. And she said, you know, the disrespect and on black history month, which like, yeah. So Tom apologized, of course. Because, I mean, I hopefully that crisis PR team is doing something. And this is his apology. My intentions behind the comment I made in New York Times were to explain the level of nationwide media attention my r- affair received. The comparison went, was inappropriate and ignorant. I'm incredibly sorry and embarrassed. Okay, so I might say, yeah, okay, that's a decent apology. But like, we know it's not written by him. We know his, his crisis PR team wrote it. And here's how we know he's, it's a bullshit apology. He then goes and blocks the account Bravo Well Black, which is a one of the bigger Bravo content creators. Okay, you can you should follow them. If you don't, they're awesome. I follow them. They're hilarious. And they have a lot of Um, really funny memes and Bravo content and you know they report on the Bravo news and they have a podcast and all that kind of stuff so go follow them and show them your support by the way but on top of that so he blocks them seriously because of course they were one of the accounts that called him out as many people were listen everyone has the right to block whoever they want fine and I understand that there is an argument to be made for Bravo liberties you know blocking Maybe accounts that are coming after them and stuff to preserve their own peace. I get that. However, you are going to do this, make this comment, and then you're going to block them. They rightfully called you on that. And I can't believe that he has no one on the... I mean, this PR team, like, I, I can't even really believe that they have any experience in PR. It's hard to believe because the optics of that are really bad. Just the fact that even he doesn't have the critical thinking skills, it feels like, to know that. (laughs) Anyway, so Bravo Well Black actually, like, posted that on their Instagram. And I shared it to my story, but you go to their Instagram and check it out. But it was like, seriously? Okay, anyway, so some other things from the article. The reporter covering it was supposed to attend, I guess, a taping of one of his interviews for Vanderpump Rules, like a confessional, but received a text from the publicist's boss. So the lower-level publicist, the 23-year-old one, and I'm not saying lower-level because they're 23, I'm saying it because they're not the boss of the PR team. Um, Basically, so Sandoval received a text from the boss of the team saying, He'd rather you don't attend today. He's not feeling his best. The next morning, the New York Times reporter got a call from Baskin, who we know is the executive producer of the show. And this was the day after that. Sorry, sorry. So they got a call from Baskin. And then a day after that, a Bravo publicist called them as well. So basically the reason Baskin and the Bravo publicist called Sandoval's um, Sandoval and his team were because they were concerned about something he had said. <laughs> Assuming it was the, probably the George Floyd, OJ Simpson comparison. I'm going to assume that was it. Um, now Bravo asked, and then Bravo asked the reporter, do they really need to talk to Sandoval again? Could they interview another cast member? <laughs> just like it's oh my god so another thing they say in the article which like this was just god the the reporter of this article was so just brutally honest and i i just loved it but they said basically he's morphed into a unique los angeles species (laughs) he's late to everything which yeah we know that um especially after the whole like nick vial podcast thing where he was like I can't remember it was like a half hour late or something. He was really late to that podcast and I think if I remember correctly Tom Schwartz tried to like make an excuse for him and he was just like late cuz he was late. Anyways Uh, according to the article as well his publicist can never reach him he talks about his life not in years but in seasons and episodes sometimes he pauses mid-sentence and stares into the middle distance like a doll whose wind-up key has jammed until a sound knocks him out of it and he continues as if nothing happened even when there this happens even when there's no mics or cameras like this are like listen the article i thought was very good and um it was entertaining to say the least. So yeah, that New York Times article did not help Sandoval's cause. It did help my cause. My cause being a lot of people were, you know, falling for Sandoval's act. And he keeps doing these things in the press that just reminds everyone how garbage he is. And I thank him for that. Thank you, Sandoval, for not letting yourself get the victim edit on Vanderpump Rules, even though the producers of the show are clearly giving it to you on a silver platter and you're flipping the silver platter over and just screwing yourself. So, okay, keep it going. In other Vanderpump Rules news, uh, Rachel Levis on her podcast said, she really feels like Lisa Vanderpump takes men under her wing and makes sure that they're okay and protected that the women on the show are more disposable to LVP. You know, um, she's invested in the Tom Tom name. And if she was really concerned about Tom's dark thoughts, why didn't she care about Rachel's mental state? Because she was going through the same thing at the same time. I agree with her about this overall. I'm not a fan of Rachel, as everyone knows. And, you know, I think she's just as much as fault in this as Tom Now, I do agree with her about LVP. She does happen to be right. LVP does go easier on the guys. She just does. I mean, all you got to do is go back and rewatch the old seasons and see the difference between the leniency that she gives Jax in comparison to how she treats Kristen. So, you know, and there's a million examples of even um, other examples not involving those two. But at the end of the day... You know, we see that LVP has an investment in these guys. Now, I couldn't, someone could make the argument though that Sandoval came back to filming and Rachel didn't. So, you know, maybe the support we're seeing is because Sandoval showed up for the newest season. But at the same time, not really, because we were seeing this from her even at the reunion of last season. She went way harder on Rachel than she did. Sandoval, like she was, like, people were pissed at her, especially after the first part of the reunion. Okay, in other Vanderpump rules news, uh, Katie said that she was actually supposed to film a double date with Matt Reif, the comedian who has blown up because he's had some uh, offensive jokes and you know, he had his Netflix special, people were mad about it, and basically, he had agreed to this double date before he blew up on TikTok, but he dropped out at the last minute. So Katie was kind of saying this in response to the fact that she was surprised, because he did an interview and said that the Vanderpump Rules cast is the group of people that he would least want to be stranded on a desert island with. And Katie was like, oh, that's surprising, because he was like really gung ho about being on Vanderpump Rules before he, um, he blew up or whatever. So, you know, I thought it was kind of funny that Katie was calling him on that. Um, But yeah, he probably like blew up, you know, through TikTok, got his special and then was like, I don't need that show to promote myself. Right. So in other news, Jax and Schwartz take Montreal. Listen, we were having, I'm Canadian um, and I don't live in Quebec, but my sister does. Um, not that I mean that's besides the point. I'm just saying. But, you know, we were having like unseasonably nice weather for a little while up here. Like it was like, you know, a lot warmer than it usually is. The sun was out, all that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden it, you know, it went back to being like what we're used to, like really, really cold. And I'm it just happened to coincide and like overcasty and not as sunny. And I'm just saying it happened to coincide with when Jackson Schwartz were here. I'm not saying there's a correlation. But, you know, then they left and, and it's actually kind of getting nice again. Just again, just saying. So they came, they posted a ton of pictures, including a really weird one. You can see it on Jackson's Instagram of him and his publicist that looks just a little cozy. Like, it's very couple-y. Like, if I was his publicist, I would say, don't post this picture but apparently she doesn't care. Um, but it just looks like they're like snuggled up. I don't know. It's weird. Meanwhile, there are rumors swirling that him and Brittany are on the outs. So people were talking about this on Reddit and then it's, you know, just made its way around the internet. But basically the rumor is that they're living separately. Um, you know, Jax went on like some quote-unquote, bender with the Toms and, and you know, that they've been on the rocks ever since. And, you know, people are speculating because they haven't been posting together on social media as much. And, you know, it looks like she's in a different house based on, like, the background of some pictures. Like, there's all these conspiracy theories floating around. I think ever since the Mauricio Kyle thing, too, people are like, we have to pay more attention to these couples and their Instagrams. Because, um, you know, that one kind of, like, flew under everyone's radar for a while. But listen, they did post a picture together kind of after these rumors came out. I think that was their way of saying, like, the rumors aren't true or we're still together. Or who knows? Maybe they just posted an older picture because they want to keep people guessing. You know, it could also just be like PR because their new show is coming out. I wouldn't be surprised either way. I wouldn't be surprised if they're still together and Jax is not a good husband, and Brittany is just dealing with it. I wouldn't be surprised if they're not together because Jax cheated. I wouldn't be surprised if someone told me he's cheated like 27 times at this point. Like, just nothing would surprise me with Jax. Okay, so uh, last bit of Vanderpump Rules news, uh, just to end on something a little lighter. Ariana's stay on Broadway is being extended due to popular demand. So as you may have heard, you know, her week that she was, her opening week that she was in Chicago was like their most successful non-holiday week. And now she's going to be doing it even longer because the audience loves her and she's, you know, bringing in that money. And that's the whole point of having a famous person in your play. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So the People's Choice Awards were recently, and the. Beverly Hills cast attended and looked a complete mess, might I point out. If you have not seen their outfits and pictures, my God. Listen, they're all beautiful women, but it was just, it it just wasn't good. Okay. It was not good. And Kyle's look was the most confusing to me. Listen, she's looking really great lately. Like she's looking good. She's looking hot. And she's feeling herself. And I love that. But like she wore this little green dress and it just looked like she was not comfortable. Like, you know, when you see pictures of a celebrity and you can tell they look uncomfortable, like in every picture, she's kind of like hunched over and slouching like she's trying to hide, even though, again, she looks great. She looks it like either like the boobs weren't fitted. Maybe she was worried one of them was going to slip out. I don't know. She just looks very very uncomfortable. It reminds me of Kylie Jenner at the Met Gala when she wore that kind of like wedding dress look thing and she just looked so uncomfortable. So anyways I'm sorry I'm getting off topic but Dorit was there. Dorit was the only one who I really liked her look actually. She looked very very nice and it was like it was well put together. She looked great Um, and she was asked about you know Kyle and her struggle with Mauricio and basically Dorit said you know it's really hard to be supportive of Kyle when you don't have the full picture. Now that being said Dorit, Kyle, PK and Mauricio were recently recently sorry there was an Instagram story or reel or whatever posted of the four of them together at some kind of event like it looked like maybe a young person's event like a child's event or something And, you know, they were dancing around, the kids were there, they were all having a good time and, you know, looked like everything was, you know, hunky-dory. But again, they could just be civil and be dancing and having fun. That doesn't mean that, you know, her and Dorit are besties now or they have made up. I don't know. Mauricio also, there's a clip floating around of him talking about his separation from Buying Beverly Hills. So by Buying Beverly Hills is going to be out soon on Netflix and a lot of people are mad because you know, they feel like Mauricio's more candid in this one little clip on Netflix than we've gotten from Kyle who's been on Bravo with us for like over 10 years. Now, I talk about this more on my Patreon in detail this week, but I don't really feel like he really was that much more candid he just kind of says basically so that you all know he says we are separated your mom needed space we're allowed to see other people you know it's hard and we're adjusting like there's really like it's not like he's like so what happened was i was getting these dms by this 20 year old and kyle saw them and like it's not like he's giving details like that um but you know i do understand what people mean in the sense of like he's he is technically talking about it kind of more than Kyle has but like I don't know that doesn't say much so Sutton in a podcast interview was asked if she would go see Erica Jane in her Vegas residency and she kind of gives like a jokey shady answer she's very busy you know and that then they ask her questions about the reunion and that you know, I guess Erica, she's like, who would they say is the most messy? Or Erica said you were the most messy. And Sutton's like, well, I had to be because, you know, Erica had a lobotomy this season and wasn't talking. So she kind of throws a little shade there. And then on the after show, because I guess they also ask Sutton about going to the show and the price of the tickets. Right. And the host of the show is like oh yeah you know you can the tickets are as low as like a dollar so it is actually I watched the clip it is actually the podcast host that says that not Sutton and then Sutton's like okay sure I can swing that I'll take everybody that's what she says she is taking part and kind of making fun of the price but she is not the one who initiated the talk about the price or even the talk about the the Vegas show okay so then on the after show Kyle and Erica are talking about this. And Kyle says that Sutton's comment about Erica's ticket prices shook her. Really, Kyle? That shook you? <laughs> like, um, do you know who you're sitting next to? Erica, who was like, you know, who's who's making more money off OnlyFans, Denise? You or your daughter? Like, seriously, that shook you? Like, I just, Kyle is so, such a drama queen. <laughs> She's just like, She's like, you know, we we go to her like Sutton store and support her businesses and da, da, da. like, OK, yeah, everyone on that show supports everyone's businesses. Like, I don't know. I just I thought that was a little bit of a stretch. Like, It's not like Sutton was like, did you hear that her tickets are only a dollar? And oh, my God. And da, da, da. like, I don't know. Like, yes. Was she being shady? Yes. But was that like the shadiest thing in that big of a deal? I don't know. I don't really think so. Like, sometimes I'm just kind of a little like, uh, When I hear these Beverly, it's always the Beverly Hills Housewives, too, because they can really, they are really the cast that can dish shade. And then when the smallest bit of shade comes back to them, they are just so dramatic and like babyish about it. Like even Erica in the clip was like, "Mm, yeah, that was like, it's like, Erica, you are, you say the meanest stuff to people and like bite people's heads off out of nowhere. And you're, you're so upset about that. Like, come on. Seriously. Okay. In Salt Lake City news, Heather Gay reaches a confidential settlement in a Beauty Lab court battle. So it was a 450k court battle, but we do not know what the settlement was. Basically, there was a photographer, you might remember the story, but a photographer that was suing Beauty Lab for using photos that he had taken without his permission. Um, But yeah, they've reached an agreement. But basically the photos that he took were used even so I was reading through them and they were used even as ads saying like this is what can be achieved using Beauty Lab services, even though he had not given them permission to use those. So that's pretty bad because they're using like these saying that this is a result of their work when it actually wasn't. Um, So they did reach a confidential settlement. Meanwhile, Jen Shaw is, uh, you know, having a Barbie-themed prison pageant. Like, seriously, why is Jen Shaw having more fun in prison than a lot of people who are out of prison? (laughs) I'm kidding, but still. It doesn't really seem like she's uh, suffering that much, but who knows? Maybe I'm just (laughs) believing too much of the press releases. Now, my favorite... This might be my favorite story for the whole week, not just for Salt Lake City, the whole week is Monica's mom. (laughs) I can't. Okay, I have to not laugh through this whole story. So Monica's mom put her Range Rover up for sale on social media. Oh my God, it's too funny. So, okay, let me, I'm going to pull up what Monica's mom wrote. I've got it. And then she ended up deleting it after and the deleting is also funny. (laughs) So, you know, she put it up and she had kind of like, you know, the information about the car and whatever. Okay, so for sale, Monica Garcia's Range Rover as seen on hashtag RHOSLC 2017 159,000 miles 41,200 dollars. She had it wrapped with a new gorgeous rusty gold color after shooting. I can post a photo tomorrow. Only serious buyers, please. No delivery. Pick up only. DM me. Hashtag Bravo. <laughs> this woman, the fact that this woman is not going to be on my TV next year is really, or this year again, is really upsetting to me. Like, I know people hate her and that, and she deserves it. Like, she deserves a criticism for sure and and she's definitely like a you know crazy self-involved mom and all that kind of stuff but like she's this woman is made for television I'm sorry she's entertaining like we just I can't then she posts again later on Twitter and this is what she wrote I've deleted my post about the Range Rover a friend has advised me this isn't the best best place to advertise it seriously ld you didn't know that <laughs> and then she replies though to her own post that says she that says i've deleted the post and goes it's still for sale <laughs> <laughs> okay okay i just oh my god that woman she is too much so yeah <laughs> let's go on to some Summer House news. Um, So Carl did an interview. Listen, the new season of Summer House is starting this week, which I'm so excited about. Listen, the new, the current season of Vanderpump Rules, it's, let's be honest, it's kind of sucking. Um, And I think Summer House is going to, this is Summer House's season. They're going to bring it. Okay. So Carl did an interview and there was a quote that stood out to me that I wanted to talk about. He you know, in defense of his um, on-camera breakup of Lin- with Lindsay, he says, I do want to have a family and I do want to settle down, but who you get married to is one of the most important decisions you ever make. Listen, I could not bypass this quote because, yeah, Carl, it is one of the most important decisions and most people think it through before they propose. <laughs> <laughs> They don't, they don't wait till three weeks before the wedding. Listen, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Anyone has the right to change their mind about anything when it comes to a relationship and to break up with someone whenever they realize that they need to. However, he needs to not pretend that it's because he just, that he finally sat down and really thought it through. You should have done that before proposing. And clearly you didn't do that before proposing. I don't know why. Okay. I I don't know why. No one knows for sure why he hastily proposed and why the two of them, because it's not just on him, but the two of them went so fast into it. But at the end of the day, you still proposed. No one had a gun to your head. You still proposed. You made that decision. And the weight of that decision and it being one of the most important decisions you you will ever make should have happened before the proposal. At the end of the day, it didn't. Okay, but you know, using the excuse of like, well, it's one of the most important decisions, so I had to. That's why I had to call it off because. I'm just like a thoughtful person who sits down and goes through things and and doesn't jump into things that might be wrong. Like, no, you are someone who jumps into things that could be wrong because that's exactly what you did by getting engaged when you weren't ready and when you weren't sure. So again, it's okay to call off the wedding if you think it's wrong and you've you know realized that you made a mistake. But you have to say, own it. That's not to sound like Rena, but I made a mistake. I proposed when I shouldn't have. I didn't think it through. And because of that, I hurt someone deeply, someone who I loved and cared about. And that's on me. And she's allowed to be heartbroken and upset. At the same time, I had to do what was right for my future. And I and I got to just like step up and own it. That's it. Because I just don't like the way he's phrasing this because he's making it like, I just, I can just feel it. I can just get that sort of message from him, right? Like that implication of kind of like, he's the thoughtful one in the relationship who, who, you know, he's the one who who had to step up and do like the hard thing. And, you know, and she was just like behind him, pushing him into this marriage, even though he didn't want to go into it. Like, no, you proposed, you did, and nothing's going to change that. You proposed and it was a mistake and I would respect Carl a lot more if he would stop kind of trying to like make these excuses, you know, instead of just kind of owning the mistake. And a lot of it just feels like every interview is excuses. So we'll see. We'll see how it plays out on the season. You know, I'm keeping an open mind. But listen, I just I just can't see any way in which he handled this appropriately. Or at least, at least he didn't handle it in the best way possible, okay? And again, he's a human. We all do that sometimes in life. We don't handle things the best way possible. But again, we have to sometimes pay for the consequences of that. That's part of being an adult. Okay, so let's talk about Real Housewives of Miami because Alexia and Marisol accuse Larsa of doing a breakup stunt for PR. So they're basically saying that that little kind of breakup, pause, whatever you want to call it with Marcus and Larsa was just for PR, which a lot of people think that. Yeah, me too, I think. Like I'm not 100% convinced that was it, but it's it's there's a high likelihood. Um, There's also rumors swirling around. And this is one that I'm really interested in seeing is that apparently Marcus said something or had some kind of outburst at the real housewives and out had an outburst is like the headline from the article i saw at the miami reunion that will change how the women see him like the other women on the show so this was mentioned on watch what happens live by i think it was julia during julia and adriana's interview and andy does kind of try to walk it back like he's kind of like shush like don't mention that because it's you know it's maybe supposed to be saved for the reunion and be a surprise but you know Julia does let it slip that like it is something I don't know that I guess just that shows another side of him because I think people have a very like view of him that he's very uh kind and sweet and all this kind of stuff right which that is how he seems so I don't know I'm interested to see that so very much looking forward to the Miami reunion (laughs) and last but oh no sorry not last second last but not least, is that we know that Porsche's coming back to Atlanta. And along with that comes people digging things up on your life. <laughs> I, I'm i wondering how Porsche feels about this, because, you know, sometimes when you're out of the reality TV game for a little while, you might forget what happens. But listen, I mean, this might have hit the news anyways, just because Porsche's like a famous public figure. But Her husband is on blast because he was recently denied U.S. citizenship due to his criminal past, which includes felonies for bank fraud, credit card fraud, and identity theft, and more. Listen, I'm not shocked by this, because seemingly this guy has a lot of money. Porsche's always showing it off and, and, you know, look at like the car he bought me and the bag and this and that the other and it's like, whenever there's that kind of money, and it's not clear, you know, where the money's coming from, or or even like what they do for a living or how, there's usually something going on behind the scenes, right? Like it was Dorit and PK. Like, I'm like, okay, so what does PK do? <laughs> like, what? How do you have all this? You know, there's always like, it was the same with Erica and Tom. I always thought that was weird, too. I'm like, Like, a lawyer can be rich and make really good money, but usually not, at least that I've known or seen even, private plane to private plane rich. Like, private plane is like the Kardashian-Jenner's rich. Like, I just, it was, you know, it was always a little like, huh. And then, of course, things come out, right? So, yeah, I'm looking forward to Portia coming back. But, you know, one thing about Portia is, like, she does like to kind of curate her image and hide things like that, which is what I was saying last week. So, you know, let's talk about the husband, Portia. All right. So for real, last story is that according to People Magazine, Apollo, who is Phaedra's ex-husband, who we all remember because he was, you know, well, he wasn't arrested on the show, but we saw kind of his last days or weeks of freedom on the show before he went to prison again. But basically, apparently he's going to be making an appearance at the Married to Medicine reunion and there'll be some kind of like reunion between him and Phaedra. Listen, the only reason I'm even reporting on this story is because People Magazine said it. Otherwise, I would have read this and kept scrolling and said that's just one of those online rumors. Like I would not have believed this. If I just saw it on like a random, you know, blog or a random Twitter post or something, like I would have just thought it was like one of those rumors or PR or something. But this was put out by people who's like, they're pretty good about like putting stuff out and making sure it's legit before they do. So I was like, what? That's huge. We haven't seen the two of them talk or be together in, God, like years and years. So I mean, I guess they must communicate because they have kids together. Like, I, I don't know what their arrangement is. I don't know. Like, I know Phaedra's is a very involved mom and she seems like a good mom. And but I don't know how involved Apollo is or what his relationship is like. I mean, he was gone for some of their childhood. So there's that. Uh, but yeah, if that's true, I mean, I'm going to be interested to see it. It's weird to me that it's happening on Married to Medicine in the sense of like, it just doesn't make sense. I don't know. Phaedra doesn't make sense on Married to Medicine. It just doesn't make sense. Like, am I enjoying her on The Traitors? Yes, so much. I want her to win, even though she's a traitor. But like her on Married to Medicine, she was allegedly dating some doctor guy. We never got to meet him or see him. Now they're broken up. And then even in the most recent, like, last two episodes when they're on the trip, like, all the couples are there and then Phaedra's there, which, like, I'm okay with somebody being there who's not in a couple, but she's not doing anything. She's, like, literally, like, just sitting there kind of watching all the couples fight. There was one, like, the camera panned to her last episode while people were um, arguing about something. And I was like, oh, yeah, Phaedra's there. Like, I had literally forgot she was on the show. And like Phaedra's not like a boring person or a forgettable person. <laughs> like it's just it's just not the right fit. So yeah, I don't know. And I, I know a lot of people want her back on Atlanta, and I'm I'm on the fence about it. Like I'm good for her to come back if she's gonna actually like share her life and not be like oh I'm dating someone but I'm gonna like only show you pictures where his face is blurred out and he's never gonna be on it. Like no that's not going to work for me, Phaedra. Okay. What we don't need is more Kyle Richards types running around who are hiding everything. All right. So that is all for today. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope everyone had a great week and has an amazing, relaxing weekend. And until next time, you are now in the know for everything. Bravo. Bye. Thanks for listening, everyone. Your support really means everything to me. And this show wouldn't be possible without you, the listeners. So please, if you enjoy the podcast, leave a five-star rating and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. For more, you can join my Patreon, patreon.com slash bravoandbotox. And for $5 a month, you'll get four extra podcast episodes a month. You'll also get early releases of Bravo Paper episodes and more. Please also subscribe to my YouTube channel at The Bravo Papers and follow me on Twitter, Instagram, at Bravo and Botox and at The Bravo Papers. If you'd like to buy me a coffee, you can at buymeacoffee.com slash Bravo and Botox. You know, send your love through some much needed caffeine. And any guest that was on today's episode will be in the show notes, all their social media and contact information. So thank you so much, everyone. Keep overanalyzing. Bravo.